The Samtech.edu Factory Stock Showdown season is over, and Drew Skillman is the champ. It was a season of dominance, and Drew Skillman will be our featured guest here on Factory Stock Podcast. The season, a lot of wins, and oh yes, a lot of work. Yeah, the, that's one thing no one can doubt with us. We uh, we definitely, I think, tested more than anybody. I'm almost sure we went through more engines and uh, transmission ratios and converters. And I got a whole pile of parts that we went through this season uh, just trying to stay competitive and trying to get an edge. Skillman, victorious. His father victorious on the season and a great year for the champions. And the champions had power supplied by Chris Holbrook, who won the final race. Holbrook picking up the win, the last winner of the 2019 season, and will be the most recent winner when we get to Gainesville. Chris Holbrook talks about the Ford engines. I mean, we worked really, really, I mean, really hard to get the engines back where they uh, where they needed to be in gear ratios and, and, and converters and transmission ratios. Um, and now, you know, we are pushing these engines so darn hard that it's hard to make them last a whole race. Holbrook gives the details of his round-by-round round and what it took to win with an engine he called Frankenstein. Brian Massengill from Samtech.edu is also here on this final episode of the season to talk about the teams that made the top ten and look ahead to the teams that are already working to be in the top ten next year. I know that there's already teams that are already starting for next year. Uh, NHRA did a great job, and and everybody appreciates it, of them getting rules packages out so we know what we're doing. Now, there are a couple things that we're still waiting to hear on. You know, what what Dodge is going to do? Are they going to make 50 cars? Are they not going to make 50 cars? And if they don't, then we know what they're going to do. They can't do anything. Our our class and the way that we're set up, you can't just swap blowers. You can't uh, do things like that. Now, we can change pulleys on you. We can do things like that. But um, but but we got to figure out what the Dodgers are going to do, and I think that might open up the door for uh, some more racers to come out. The Samtech.edu factory stock showdown season for 2019 is in the books. We've covered it all here on Factory Stock Podcast. I'm your podcast host, Joe Costello, and one more time, we're going to dive into it with the champ, the final race winner, and of course, Brian Massengill from Samtech.edu. And if you listen, you might find out that there might just be a bonus episode or two in the near future. The big cars, the heavy cars, the nine-inch wide tire cars, supercharged, blown, and unbelievable We have got the Factory Stock Showdown. Champion, final race winner, all coming up. Start your education at full speed with the School of Automotive Machinists and Technology. Accelerate your career as a high-performance engine builder with classroom instruction and practical hands-on experience in the lab, on the dyno, and at the track. In addition to blockhead and CNC programs, Samtech now offers motorsport EFI tuning and an associate of applied science degree. And SAM is a military-friendly school approved to train veterans and other eligible persons under the GI Bill. Start your education at full speed. Go to samtech.edu 
today. And remember, you can subscribe to Factory Stock Podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It's on SoundCloud. And we've got a whole season you can look back on here. All the winners and several of those winner interviews also were our champion. We've got him. He is the champion, and he joins us now, Drew Skillman. Drew, you're the champ. Congratulations. Thank you, man. Uh, what an awesome season it's been. Uh, haven't talked to you in a while. We've been in a bit of a slump with winning, but you know, at least we got the championship set up. You said early on that the championship was your goal, that you were going to bring everything that you guys learned as a team from pro stock, and you were going to apply it to this, and you had some big moments, big races, and you won the championship in spite of, you know, DNQ, the final race, but I don't think anyone's going to remember that in the grand scheme of things. I think it's going to be about a season of effort. So, like, look back on it a little bit, and uh, you guys worked your tails off. Yeah, the, that's one thing no one can doubt with us. We uh, we definitely, I think, tested more than anybody. I'm almost sure we went through more engines and uh, transmission ratios and converters. And I got a whole pile of parts that we went through this season uh, just trying to stay competitive and trying to get an edge. And we're going to hear from uh, Chris Holbrook a little bit later. He went on to win the race. But I do know that, uh, you know, there was a lot of communication between uh, you guys and he over the course of the year. Every time there was a, a rules parity adjustment, you guys had to go to work and change 10 different aspects of your combination. Absolutely. Um, that is the blessing we've had working with Chris. Um, he's great as far as a, you know, willing to try different things and take the advice of, you know, people that race with him. And we've taken a lot of advice from him. He's helped us out immensely get started in this program. And I know he's spent a lot of nights at that race shop putting stuff together last minute for us. And we've made a lot of overnight drives back and forth from Detroit to Indiana and just trying to get some parts ready to go racing. He's done a hell of a job. Super proud of him to win the last race. Um, he really deserves to get one as good as his power is. And his car obviously is working great now. Um, he's going to be a force to be reckoned with. Now, your dad was not at the race. We know he was, uh, you know, uh, unavoidably de- detained. But was he was he watching? Was he able to enjoy it? How did he find out? Give me that lowdown. I think he was drinking wine somewhere in uh, Italy <laughs> at the time. So <laughs> I think he was having a good time. Uh, had to keep wife happy. They had a trip planned with some uh, people we do business with. Out a couple of weeks in Europe, so they this was planned for, at the beginning of last year. So it was a trip. Unfortunately, he couldn't skip to go racing, but I think he had a great time as well. So there was a point during the season where you guys actually swapped cars. I hadn't really spoken with you on Factory Stock Podcast about that time, but that was important to the championship. Uh, explain the move and uh, talk a little bit about it, and and you know was that a pivotal point? Certainly that period was the period where you were able to, you know, separate yourself and, and go on and, and kind of lock it down. Yeah. Um, like everything, when rules change and when you try to make something better, sometimes you get, uh, you can get, get a little lost. So with the red car, we, it is a different style of suspension. It is a four link style compared to a three link style. And, um, so our shock program is a little bit different from car to car. And we got a little off kilter with the red car. And having a hard time, you know, bringing it back. And unfortunately, it's it's extremely easy to get lost and really hard to find a really good combination. So we, uh, you know, made a little mistake. We knew that black car is a lot more consistent, and uh, it was the right move to uh, pursue the championship in with the now, black car. 
Now, but uh, the final race, though, you put Doug Dahl in that car, and you took the red car, and Doug Dahl was number one qualifier with that car. So give me your, you know, thoughts on that. Um, really happy for him. He had a great race car all weekend. We actually didn't have that bad of a car. We got it working pretty decent. We didn't realize we had a head gasket going. Oh. So it was leaking part. That's why the car kept going right the last two runs. And we didn't realize it until the final run when it almost hit the wall and stayed there pretty much all the way to the end. Didn't realize what was going on. So that was our issue. And uh, it leaked okay, but just uh, it was hurt. Wow. Well, there it is. And it's uh, it, it just goes to show you that all the effort and those round wins. And I, I keep thinking of the, the uh, final round against Bo in Richmond. That was like a turning point. Oh, yeah. There's nothing better than beating Bo Butner. Um, I've been racing each other for several years now, and it's always fun. It's it's our Indian Nationals every time we race each other. So, but it's always good to get a win over him. And Daryl and them, you got, you got to watch out for them next year. They're gonna they're gonna do really well. I know Daryl's. We've uh, harassed him enough where he's starting to get pissed off, and he's gonna come out fighting. So the championship now is won. I know you got a great group of guys over there, and. Uh, worked so hard, and now you got it. You know, it's like the dog that catches the car, right? You caught the car now. What do you do with it? Like, how'd you guys celebrate? I know there was, like, uh, tornadoes in the area on Sunday night, so everyone kind of had to get out of there. But, uh, you know, what did you do? How did you, uh, you know, uh, commemorate this milestone accomplishment, something that I know you have wanted to, uh, you know, score from the very beginning of the season, and then you got it. So what happens with the Skillman Group? Uh, we ended up going out and uh, having a few cocktails at a bar. Um, that didn't last but a couple hours. So, um, Unfortunately, Sunday was the next day, so we went out Saturday night, and uh, Sunday we were back at work trying to win a race. And, you know, Then we got to go home. So uh, we all work Monday through Friday, and I work Monday through Saturday, so I had to get back here and be kind of back to, back to normal reality. We'll party here at the end of the year at the banquet and uh, really let loose then. There you go. All right. So when you look back at the season and uh, every year we go through this and I would imagine it would be the same for the 2020 situation with Factory Stock Showdown. It's, uh, you know, this category that's still at the very beginning of its curve and we've got all these changes and, uh, you know, who knows what's going to happen with Dodge and who knows what's going to happen with the cars. But uh, it seemed like the ETs of the cars were close at the tail end of the year. I know you guys are having to really work hard for those ETs, but... For the 2020 campaign, you're going to be the champ. Everyone's going to be trying to knock you off. You're going to try to defend your title. Uh, what is the outlook for, uh, you know, race Gilman Racing uh, as you guys get ready for 2020? You're going to go out there, run all the races. Is that the plan again? Absolutely. Yeah. No, we're going for another championship run. Uh, going to defend the title. We're working already today. We already have engines out. They're already at Chris's. We're we're starting R and D for next season. Um, I know the Dodge teams are developing a new program as far as what they're going to be allowed to do. I'm not sure yet, but I know if we're going to compete next year, they're definitely going to have a power advantage. They're not going to submit anything that's not going to be better. So it's time for us to really put our nose to the grindstone and have several different combinations to test over the winter time. And so when we come out next season, we have something for them. You know, we're not, if you're behind the eight ball from the start, you're in serious, serious trouble. So, we have to prepare for next season. So what are you doing in that? I, I know what you're doing, but I just want to hear you talk about it in that, 
you're staking your claim in factory stock showdown, right? You've run stock, you've run super stock, you've run pro stock. These are all categories that have been going for a while, et cetera. But when this class uh, became what it is, uh, it seems like you, you've you said to yourself, this is where you want to be. It's an eight-race schedule. Next year ends in Vegas, which I think the schedule next year is awesome. I'd love to hear you talk about it. But more importantly for this question is that you are staking your claim on Factory Stock Showdown, and it looks like you guys are the benchmark team. You're going to make it very challenging for anybody else to win this thing. You have some very first-class people running this uh, running in this class as well. There There's some teams that are going to step up. Um, I, I foresee this to become a, a bit more competitive as far as the people that are going to enter it. Um, it's we we took it to a different level, I believe, and I think it's going to stay there. Um, this class doesn't need to be a pro stock style or a cylinder head program costs you quarter million dollars. It needs to be still you know a factory style class, and it it just needs to stay kind of where it's at. And I think we can uh, develop a lot of good racers and a lot of good races out of it. That that is great. Okay, twenty twenty schedule, basically one race a month. You like it? I love it. That, that makes so much sense to me. And every business owner can leave for three days a month. They can't leave, you know, for twelve days a month or six days a month. It just it doesn't make sense. And uh, so I, I think they're on to something. What a great deal for any business owner. Because I mean, let's be honest. That's what you're going to have to be to run this class or you're going to have to have a really good buddy that owns a business that wants you to race. So that's, that's pretty much the nature of the beast. It's extremely expensive. Um, it is a little bit more affordable than most other heads up classes, but it's still expensive. So we got to be able to get to work. Right. It's a little more, but the way you say it though, is so true. Like there's no auto racing in the world that is inexpensive. Like SCCA guys are out there bombing around, not even for a trophy in some cases. And it costs a lot of money. Oh yeah, I got friends at Autocross, and they got you know thirty grand in their car, and it's an Autocross Honda Civic, but you know they love it, so they get paid a dollar twenty-five if they win. It's not what it's about; it's about going out and competing and doing what you love to do. And I just happen to love drag racing, and I happen to particularly like the factory stock class. And uh, you, you threw it down this year. Clearly, uh, you know benchmark team for others to shoot for. The final rounds, though, we had two Dodges, we had a Chevy, we had a Ford. It was very interesting. Um, it was a great season by you guys, and you did very well. Like The entertainment level was very high, and I think that was that's very important also, that um, there was some smack talk, right? There was some fun. There was some battles. Unfortunately, there oh, yeah. was some carnage, but uh, this season had a little bit of everything. Absolutely. Yeah, we, have, uh, we definitely have some characters in this class. Um, I know the Butners and... Our team definitely, we're, we're friends, but we definitely talk a lot of shit to each other. So we both are prepared to back it up at any given time. And I think you'll see some pretty cool races come out of this. I'd like to see a couple match races happen with some of these guys. And maybe we can go out and uh, do some different things around the country as well. And, you know, kind of promote this thing like they did in the 70s. Wow. Go back to having fun with it. I like that yeah. idea. Match Factory Stock Showdown match racing. You heard it here first from Drew Skillman. All right, was there like a... Uh, a moment, not counting winning the championship, like having the trophy handed to you. I know that's the high point of the season. But was there a single moment that stood out in your mind as like the moment of the season 
that when you think about this year, you'll go back to that moment. Yeah, by the way, not just a great year for you, great year for you and your dad together. So maybe that's part of it. You know, he wins Indy. Uh, interesting stuff happening all year. But when you look back at 2019 Factory Stock Showdown Championship season, is there a moment, like a singular moment, that is the one that you'll recall? Charlotte. Um, even though I didn't win in the uh, factory showdown, my father did. I won in stock. So for us both to be in a winner's circle at the same time, by far the best part of our whole season. Um, what a great job our team did to get. It's hard enough to get one car in the winner's circle, let alone both of them. And, uh, you know, that just that speaks volumes for the amount of effort and work we've all put in. That's awesome. No, that's great because ultimately it's a family operation, right? You guys are putting the time and the Absolutely. effort, not just your dad, but your grandfather also. Is there, uh, you know, you've got the ear right now of, I would, I would hope everybody that cares about factory stock, right? Like the, the fans and also a lot of insiders in the class and maybe even some NHRA folks. Uh, as champion, I always say this and I really believe it. In every sport, whoever is the champ has got a little bit of a voice, certainly more voice than everybody else because, man, you just did great and you earned it. Is there anything you'd like to see? Like, is there something that you'd like to see with the class, a direction, a change, something that you think would be better? I'm lobbying to let you guys burn out across the starting line just so I have a little more time to talk about it. It happens too quick. This class is over in like five minutes. I need a little more time to build the heroes. What about you? What do you think? I think it's good for NHRA's schedule that we're a bit quicker. Um, I know we are. I mean, I don't mean this by any disrespectful. We're kind of a filler class for the pros. So we have to be uh, cognizant of the amount of time we take up there. And I understand they have two schedules and everything else they need to stay to. So as far as taking longer, it's up to them. If that's what they want us to do, we can, we can facilitate that. The only like rules change that I am lobbying for is to be able to move the ice tank from in front of the rear tire to behind the rear tires. So that way, if there is condensation or a leak, you're obviously not running over 10 gallons of water. But, you know, that's just me. So <laughs> Sounds reasonable. Outside of that, I'm, outside of that, I'm pretty, pretty happy with everything where they're at. Um, I think the cylinder head rule change is reasonable. It, it makes sense. Um, the only other thing is maybe O-ring some blocks. We've all had head gasket issues. Um, even the Dodgers have had a few head gasket issues, and it's it's just a safety issue. You're not going to gain any more performance. It's not like we can put more boost to it. We're limited on the amount of uh, PSI the superchargers make anyways. It's just going to keep them from leaking water, once again, in front of the rear tire, which is just a safety issue. And you even said that that was part of the reason you were driving towards the wall, and you didn't know it. Yeah, yeah. When I put the car up on uh, the Pro Jacks, it poured out, you know, a cup of water out of the right header, so it becomes an issue. Yeah, that is that is definitely an issue. And, uh, you know, how about uh, this year as a milestone in your life in that you've got some good things that are getting ready to happen anytime? time? Uh, you know what? I've had the craziest year of my life. I became a father for the first time. Um, you know, changed classes for the first time of the year, became first time I've ever won a championship. It's It's been a fantastic year. My wife, Brittany, and my, my daughter, Sophia, have been awesome. She's been extremely you know, uh, kind enough to let me go racing, you know, right after we had a child, that's tough on anyone, let alone a first time mother. So she was, uh, really cool about letting me go out and finish and chasing the stream. She knows it means a ton to me and my family and she's been awesome. That is awesome. Congratulations, Drew. Uh, we're going to see you. you, uh, we're going to see you race anywhere before Gainesville. I mean, I, you know, that can't happen. Yeah. We can't wait that long. Yeah. I'll, 
<laughs> I'll be at uh, the NMCA race down in Burlington for sure because we test down there that same week. So we'll run that, and uh, Billy's going to chase his uh, championship he won there. A lot of great races there at NMCA if you're a factory showdown fan. Uh, they have factory supercar there, same rules. Um, some different drivers that you will not see at NHRA. Um, it's a really, really neat deal. Yeah, they do it a little differently there, right? The parity stuff, they do it with weight, from what I understand. A little bit more with weight. Um, they want us to run 770s. They, they're going to be faster, for sure, than the NHRA cars. Um, same engines. They let us, our pulleys be a bit smaller. They're a bit more lenient on a few other rules. But out most of it, I'm going to say 90% of it is NHRA legal. Wow. Very, very cool. Well, Drew, you have been uh, great and gracious all year long uh, coming on, whether it be you know good or bad, right? Like we've heard you not happy Absolutely. and we've, we've heard you happy and, and that's what it's supposed to be, like real, genuine. Yeah. And uh, I think that's what these cars bring out of people because they're real cars too, right? Like everybody just kind of feels like a, a racer more so than a uh, you know, spokesperson, and you've done a really good job. But now you are the spokesperson for the cab- category. Next year, you're going to be running around with the number one on the car and uh, trying to defend that title. Congratulations. Enjoy it. And thank you for coming on Factory Stock Podcast whenever we've asked you to. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it. I listen every, every time you put one out. So keep them coming. Thank you very much for that. I appreciate it. we got Drew as a listener. That's awesome. Thanks, Drew. No problem. Drew Skillman, the champ, 2019 Samtech.edu Factory Stock Showdown World Champion. They earned it. They did a lot of a lot of changes throughout the season. Great battles, big races, head-to-head with a lot of the tough competition out there. Got the job done. I think about that uh, big final with he and Bo down there. I believe it was Richmond. And Drew came out on top. It was a great season for him. In spite of the DNQ of the final race, which... Honestly, to me, that just drives home the point. It drives home the point. This is not easy. Not only is it not easy, it is very hard. And when the guy who is the champ and has enough points to be the champ doesn't qualify final race, that tells you all you need to know. But that final race, we've heard from our champion. But what's really cool is there is one guy who gets to be the most recent race winner for the entire winter break all the way to Gainesville. And he joins us now, Mr. Chris Holbrook, who is also a champion engine builder. Chris, welcome back to Factory Stock Podcast. Congratulations. Oh, thank you very much, Joe. I mean, it's it's a pleasure to be on the show, and uh, I'm glad we got that last win. It was uh, it was a, a tough race, but uh, man, it was it was great. It was great. We'll talk about the round by round, but also the championship for your power and the Cobra Jets finished sixth in the point standings. And uh, you had tough competition in the final round. I want to talk about you round by round, but let's let's kind of go back at the entire season uh, first in that. okay. you know, Gator Nationals, right? The the CJs came out and were really quick, really fast with the cubic inches and the updates. And the NHRA had a tough task all year long. And it was, um, you know, no annoying to you guys and annoying to have to make these changes. But the final race, I felt like we're where we need to be now, right? Final two races, mission accomplished where you got Challengers and Camaros and Cobra Jets all just about equal. You won the race, Drew won the championship, but give me your assessment of of where things are as far as rules go. Well, here's my assessment. You know, in the beginning of the year, yes, you know, we were very, very fast with the Fords. And, yeah, I agree we, we needed a rule change to try to get them closer. But – 
to hit them so drastically after each race, I mean, we worked really, really, I mean, really hard to get the engines back where they, uh, where they needed to be and gear ratios and, and, and converters and transmission ratios. Um, and now, you know, we are pushing these engines so darn hard that it's hard to make them last a whole race. And, you know, I just hope next year, you know, we're going to regroup this winter and, and work on that. But I'm just hoping next year, you know, we're going to probably try to, you know, bring these back a little bit. So we're, we're not breaking so many parts. And, uh, I just hope that the NHRA kind of is into our, you know, goes back and does a parody and, and, and either gives us a smaller pulley or, you know, tries to, you know, average it out as aggressive as they did this year. Interesting. Yeah. And this is, uh, this is the challenge of the different combinations. And you guys have got a combination that has, you know, my assessment, you know, much better than I do. Is it like almost unlimited upside potential, right? Like I know you can rev them really high, the exact number, I don't know, but, uh, there's a lot of potential that is just still being uncovered in these things. Well, yeah, I mean, in the beginning of the year, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, you know, Bill Skillman, I mean, he had like 50, 60 passes on one engine, and, and it was great. But as we went through the year and the pulley started getting bigger and we started just, we had to mill the heads and get the compression up there and the cylinder pressure is getting really high, and then we're spinning them, you know, really, really high in RPM, and then you just start finding your, your weak links and it just, the you know, the durability goes way out the window. And you're already in a championship fight with the power that is, and uh, you know you don't want to lose, so you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, and I talked to you know Skillman's. I said, "Hey, what do you want to do?" And they said, "We need the power. We 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 want this championship." And so that's what we did. We you know we knuckled down, and my guys in my shop they worked tremendously hard this year. I give them a lot of credit, and uh, couldn't have done it without them. You know, the 2020 rules are out already, but. Um, did you see anything that, you know, helps or hurts what we're talking about? Um, no, I don't, you know, like I said, the, you know, it's, it's, you know, some people say it's a long winter, but realistically it's not that long. You know I mean? We're, we're already starting and, you know, uh, to look at things and making some uh, changes and, you know, I think we'll be okay coming out next year, but it, I guess it depends on what Mopar does. I keep hearing that they're coming out with a new combo or they might be getting a new supercharger. So I guess it all depends on what, how it all comes out in the wash, you know? Yes, exa- exactly. And, and there are just so many elements, like the 750 limitation of the chassis is a challenge. If they get, uh, you know, my knowledge is as limited to the time that we've spent on Factory Stock Podcast this year, and hopefully all the listeners are uh, up to speed with all of it. But it looks like if you did what you did at the end of the season in terms of RPM and compression, at the start of the season with that big pulley, you could be beneath that 750 mark right now. Is that true? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, I mean, I know you, there's going to be a lot of people that, that won't believe me, but we weren't going to go to this uh, last race in Texas because it's just, you know, we kind of race on a budget ourselves, you know, and that's just a long drive for us. And, you know, thank God for Skillman's, they offered to take the car out and, uh, you know, uh, Skinner's took the car out and then Skillman's offered me a, you know, a, a way there. 
So we had to mad scramble and get an engine together. And I think I put, I pulled rods out of the, <laughs> the strap bin, you know, and, and that were cycled out and put them in my engine. I had, uh, uh, 14 titanium valves and two stainless valve intake valves in my engine. And it, we called it Frankenstein, you know, and to go there and do what we did and win the races, it was unbelievable. Wow. That is, that is great and unbelievable, but also believable because you did it and you're telling us, all right, yeah. let's talk about your round by round. First of all, qualifying, you know, Drew didn't get qualified, right? What was up with qualifying in that, uh, it, you know, was it tricky? It was tricky. Why was it tricky? Well, you know, I think, um, and I, you know, Drew, Drew, Drew it, just told us his uh, version of it, but in, from from making power standpoint. Well, I don't think it was. I mean, it was tricky, but not that tricky. I think they were just kind of, you know, overwhelmed with, oh, this is the last year we have, you know, last race we have to do good to win this championship, and I think they they just got under the, you know, the behind the. Uh, the eight ball, you know, when the first run, when they blew a, a supercharger belt, then all of a sudden, okay, well, wait a minute, we only got two more runs, you know, and and then at that point, if you don't make a good run the first run, it seems like you're always chasing your tail, and uh, I think that's just what what got them, and you know, but thank God they they ended up uh, they did a, they had a tremendous year and they did a great job, and uh, they just it's just a great team, and uh, I, I I'm so proud of them and, and happy for them. What do you think of my statement that that it's actually a good uh, indication of the class that the guy who would be the champ doesn't qualify for the final race because it's that competitive? Oh, I think that that's a, a great statement. I mean, because this class is no joke. I mean, it is very, very tough. I mean, no matter who's in that other lane, they could they could kick your butt, you know. Yes. All right. So round one, you got to go up against Ryan Pretty in the Mountain View Tire Machine and uh, nearly, uh, in fact, identical reaction times. But you were able to get your power to the ground and he wasn't. Uh, 791.7 at 172. And uh, Frankenstein, as you called it, uh, just a quick scan of the winning ETs. Looked like that was second low of the round behind uh, or third low of the round behind Stephen Bell. So Frankenstein making some power. Yeah, he was, and, uh, you know, I guess we had a little different attitude this last race, you know. It's like I told myself it's the last race, you know, let's just go up there and let's kind of get after it each run because we're going to need it. I mean, these are some tough racers, and we need everything that we that we have to get to the other end with the win. Now, having valves that are made of different materials, and I would imagine they are also different weight. Uh, does does that uh, is that bad? Um, well, it's not good. <laughs> <laughs> right, but for one race, it's okay. It's like you're like, well, we're going to make eight runs no matter what. So whatever happens, happens. That's right. <laughs> All right. All right. Listen, I get it. I get it. Second round, you had to go up against Doug Hamp. They have been picking up their performance as well. Uh, 795.7, 049 reaction time to his 065. And so, Chris, you're an engine builder, right? But I want to dial in on the driving. You got to leave on time. And you were. You were doing a great job behind the wheel. Yeah. And, you know, that's something that we've been kind of struggling with. And uh, we've been working the Working on that and uh, trying to get a little bit better, I still don't think I need to be where I'm at. You know, I was watching the St. Louis race, you know, on uh, NHRA Live, and, you know, those guys are hammering the tree, you know, Kramer triple zero in the final. It's like, oh, my God, I really got my work cut out for me, you know. 
yes, Dave, Archie, there are some guys who have got it figured out. But from what I understand, there's a, there's a effort put into that as well. You know, it's it's uh, some people just have quick reflexes, and other people have to go through everything top to bottom to make it to make it work that way. Oh yeah, I mean, it is as you get older in life. I mean, there's things that uh, you <laughs> that you used to be able to do that you got to work a little bit harder at when you get older. Yeah, like reading up close, but that's a different story. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Leah, you, Mark Powick, and uh, Rampage get through to the semifinals. And so it's Leah versus Randy, and she takes him down on what was just an awesome run. She left first and beat him. They had identical elapsed times to the thousandth. So Dodge takes down Camaro on one side, and on the other side, uh, Cobra Jet takes down Dodge as you beat Mark Powick. 0.53 reaction time. He's 0.26, so it, maybe you weren't on the ragged edge of greatness, but you were certainly consistent. Like all of your first three reaction times were within like 2,000, 3,000. And that race there, that race with Mark was so close. I mean, I was watching out of the corner of my eye and we went through and I did not know who won that race. So I hurried up and got out of the car at top end and I went over to Mark. And I said, who won that? I, I don't know. And he, he, he pointed at me and gave me a thumbs up and I'm like, sorry, Mark, but Hallelujah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and what about that? You know, Powick, right? Pro stock legend back out here. You know, this that's what's cool about the class. Like, look at the four uh, semifinalists. You got Leah, who runs in Top Fuel. She's the champ of the class. You got Mark Powick, legendary pro stock racer that is uh, beloved. Uh, Randy Taylor, you know, former paintball guy who loves uh, pro st- uh, factory stock and is racing out here. And then you as an engine builder, former IHRA guy. Like, this is a magnet for all types. Oh yeah, and you know uh, I got to get you know hats off to to Mark. I mean uh, he was very uh, nice after the race, and he even come and you know shook my hand after you know the winner's circle, and he's just he's just such a stand up guy. Yes, and then final round. All right, you got to tell me about prepping for the final round because you're going up against Leah and Dodge, so it's Ford versus Dodge, and the factories care. And uh, Leah's the champ, and she hasn't just got her first round win a couple weeks ago. Now she's got a chance to win the race, final race, all of these things. You, you got Frankenstein in there. You want to win your final race. Everybody wants to win the final race. I was standing right on the starting line pretty much uh, watching you guys go by. Uh, Tell me about prepping for that final and the intensity of that moment, knowing that this is it. It's over after this. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, I wanted that race win so bad it's like, you know, we haven't been to the final in, in, in quite some time, and, and I knew Leah was hungry, too, you know. So it's like, uh, you know, we kind of – I just got in the laptop, and I kind of sold it through the kitchen sink at it, and I said, well, either it's going to go or, you know, uh, she's going to beat me, you know, spinning the tires. And I let go of the brake, and uh, the car left, and I'm like, well, we got a race here, you know. And I – I looked over at top end and didn't see her, you know, at the stripes. So I'm like, holy crap, we got, we won this thing. This is awesome, you know? Yes. She she left, uh, you left on her, 037 to 052. So you were able to dig down deep and find a little more uh, reaction time when you needed it, which is a source of, a, the you know, a standard of a great driver. Uh, she was 052 and slowed down a little bit, 801, about what she had been running uh, throughout most of the day, and you went seven ninety seven seven at one seventy two seventy four. Cross the stripe, wind light comes on. You've won in an NHRA national event, and completing 
the dream weekend where your power built wins the championship and you win the race. So uh, winning the race was just great. Uh, you know, I, you know, I didn't get a chance to sing varsity forward and Whipple superchargers. And, uh, you know, we, we got big stuff to gen four, uh, the new, uh, uh, software on there. And, uh, you know, uh, we've had it all most of the year and, uh, just getting a handle on it ourselves. And, uh, you know, uh, it just, it just, it was just great to, to, to bring home this win, you know, with, with Drew not qualifying and, you know, basically being the only Ford guy to, to get to get it done. And, you know, we got her done, you know, I, I thought it, I was really happy. So you run that new software that's wireless. Yes. Okay. I love that. I thought that there was a interesting, you know, debate early on in the year when Bo was uh, doing it and people were trying to ban it. Drew came on here and, and said flat out, like, you don't have to plug anything into a wall anymore. Like, what, what are we talking about? And I'm glad that they allowed right. that to continue. Yeah. Well, you know, anything, obviously I can't, you know, drive and also tune the car going down the track. So I had to get my tuning done, you know, before I left the trailer and, uh, you know, thank God I made some uh, good decisions. Now, what about, uh, so you won the race, the season is over. Here we are. You already mentioned we're looking at next year and give me your, uh, you know, 10,000 foot where you think this thing is going. All right. We, uh, we might get a new car for Dodge. We're tracking that story as best as we can, meaning a new engine combination, something new from Dodge perhaps, or, or maybe not like we don't know, but that's what I'm hearing as well. Um, you, you know, Gainesville, it's not quite right around the corner, but we'll be saying it soon. What do you, what do you expect from the 2020 campaign? Well, you know, I think a lot of this is going to come out, uh, you know, I think you're going to see a lot of private testing this winter, you know, as much as you can get done. But, uh, um, you know, like I said, we got some things, you know, already, you know, uh, worked out and uh, we're going to go do some testing and hopefully, uh, you know, uh, Ford is coming out with a new cylinder block and it's a cast iron block versus the aluminum block we're running. And so we're hoping to, you know, maybe get some uh, benefits there. And I just, you know, I really just hope that the, the parity is, is, you know, kind of even going into, you know, I know it's going to be tough, but I just hope that, you know, that, you know, when it's good, close racing, I agree. It is a lot more fun, you know, I mean, yeah, it's, it's fun winning, but it's not, it's not fun just going out there and just, you know, blowing everybody away. You know, it just, I want this class to grow, and I, I, if we can just keep these cars even, you know, I think it just this class would just get huge. Totally agree. Two things: the sportsman ladder versus uh, pro style ladder. Would you like to see them change that? I I kind of like the pro ladder. I mean, the guy that's you know that fights hard and gets that number one qualifying. I mean, not saying that the number sixteen guy can't win it, but you know, it's usually a little bit easier than, you know, the sportsman ladder, you know, and it's just, it's, you get a lot of guys playing games with the sportsman ladder and, uh, uh, I would like to see the pro ladder. Number two, something that I've been thinking about, I would love a couple of extra seconds, uh, to talk about you guys when you're on the starting line and this class is amazing and, and super cool and details about, you know, you, your life, your family, the car. Like, how do we make you stars if we only have, you know, 15 seconds to talk about you? I would like you guys to be allowed to do a burnout over the starting line just to increase the length of each run by, like, 10 seconds. What do you think of that? Um, I guess I agree with that, but I think that's going to be a tough one to, 
yeah. you know, for any trade. You know, I don't think it'll happen. But, I I mean, there's many times that there's bald spots up there. You know, I mean, I know we're only got a nine-inch tire, but it would be nice to try to, uh, you know, do a burnout across the line and try to help, you know, the situation, you know. Uh, but uh, I, I agree with it. I, I, that would be nice. You guys, you know, you guys run so quick from first pair to last pair. The whole class takes like, you know, six minutes or something. It's amazing how quick you yeah, guys it's like, get... wait a minute. It's, yeah, it's over with? Where'd they go, you know? <laughs> well, right. And, uh, you know, did we, what did we just see? Who are these people? They were amazing, but we didn't, didn't retain any of it. I'm not talking about like 100-foot burnouts. I just want you guys to be able to roll over the line a little bit and then back up. But sure. We shall see. Chris, congratulations on... Tremendous season, tremendous victory. Uh, you know, you guys. I'm sure there were a lot of late nights and a lot of a uh, lot of midnight oil burnt to try to continually adapt to the changes that were thrown your way. That's part of this championship. That as things changed and evolved, you guys stayed on the cutting edge and did whatever you had to do to make it work. You told us about some of it. Congratulations on the championship. Thank you for coming on Factory Stock Podcast. You were on one of our early premiere episodes, and now you're on the final episode of the season. Uh, Great job by you. Thank you for making yourself available, and thank you for coming to race and uh, doing a great job. It was fun to watch. Thanks, Joe, and uh, we'll see everybody next year. Thanks, Chris. Chris Holbrook with us here on Factory Stock Podcast. What a great way to end the season as a winning driver and champion engine builder for Drew Skillman. Heard from Drew, heard from Chris, and it is now time to hear from Brian Massengill to wrap it all up here at Factory Stock Podcast headquarters. Brian, what a season it was. It ends off with drama. We got a Dodge El Bandito versus Chris Holbrook, engine builder from Michigan, battling it out for the final round of the final race. Chris comes out on top. Drew is the champ, although he did not qualify. Like, that's pretty dramatic. Uh, Absolutely. No, great race. Uh, One of our better races. Um, Interestingly enough, you know, I was kind of talking with Drew, and I think he said that this was the first race he's ever uh, DNQ'd. And he ended up winning a championship in the same weekend. So um, congratulations to him and everyone over at Skillman. But uh, it was it was a great weekend uh, for the class. Uh, a lot of the fans at, at Dallas, um, you know, we really appreciate them coming out um, and, and showing their support for the class. We had a lot of butts in the seats and in the stands and in the pits, you know, having a little bit easier access um, uh to all of these cars while they're in the pits really, really helps grow this, this class. Um, these fans can get their, uh, eyes and kind of hands sometimes on, on, uh, what's going on in the pits and what these cars are all about and be able to talk to the drivers and the crews. And, and, uh, it's, it's a, it's a great class and, and we had a great, great race in Dallas. Now I know that on my mellow yellow walking tour that I host uh, for the mellow yellow series, we take a lot of new fans, first time fans. And we had uh, young people, right? We call them that now young people that I'm getting old. They're young people. And I'm talking about, let's call them, you know, 16 to 25 year olds, like on the walking tour. It was great. Like you get to go face to face with these kids and the layout of the Texas motorplex was such that there are rows. And so you get to the end of a row and you either have to go back towards the starting line or further towards the finish line with the factory stock pits like straight ahead through that little gully and uh, i told everybody like hey over there is where these cars are and i explained what they were and it was amazing it's great to watch the the people's reactions right their faces and their eyes light up when you tell them like they're factory cars with power windows 
that run in the sevens at over 170 miles per hour, and they're over there, and, and you, they look just like the car you drove in, and if you uh, drove in in a Mustang. And they were very excited about it, and you're right. We did have good crowd watching. We had good racing. We had some great low ETs, uh, top speed, big speed, low ET down in the 80s. Uh, but all in all, it was a championship run for Drew Skillman at the end of the day. Um, not qualifying. I think it's a great story. I love the story it, because that means it's hard. It, no, it is. It it, it kind of shows, you know, how tough this class is in a moment, obviously, where he could he could lock up the championship by qualifying and and um, going one round and everything. He he didn't really need it. He showed up, got his uh, ten points, and that uh, the all he could do at that point was oil down or hit the wall or take out a, a timing block and kind of open the door for Archie and. Um, he did have an opportunity to come in as an alternate when, and when you do that, you don't gain any points. You cannot, the points, um, go to the person that qualified and then they, then that's it, but not the points that you would earn. So you can win the race and get, uh, only the points for showing up. And I talked to the NHRA and I talked to Drew afterward and, and I let him know, I was just like, Hey, look, if you do anything on the track as that alternate, um, you, yeah, that that shuts the track down. You will lose points and open that door for Archie. And he said that um, it didn't matter anyway. They had uh, pushed out a, a gasket there in their in Q3. Uh, that's kind of why he was uh, driving at the wall for a little while there in in that uh, final qualifying pass. And they just didn't have the time since our uh, qual- third round of qualifying was about an hour before they would have had to have done a lot of thrashing to get that car back ready. Uh, to uh, to go out there and try to win a race or try to block Archie from doing anything, and and they just ran out of time to do that. So um, again, congratulations to them. Yeah, but, huge, uh, huge it, victory. It is, yeah, it really is. Um, you know, to be new to this class, but you know, um, understand obviously pairing with somebody like Holbrook, who's been with this class pretty much from the beginning, um, that helps out. And just having. Tommy and all those guys over in the Skillman side who who know the sport so well and how to prepare a car and, and everything like that. That's uh, that's that's really uh, what this is all about, getting out there and competing. What they did we, a great job this whole season. What we were talking about a little bit earlier was that uh, they've kind of planted their flag in Factory Stock Showdown, right? There are certain teams that uh, are in certain categories. You know, you think about Don Schumacher and John Force. You think about KB Racing uh, and, uh, you know, Skillman. Now, with factory stock, this is where they want to be. This is the category they want to dominate. They want to be the benchmark, and uh, they're doing it. Uh, They're off to a good start, at very least. Let's go over the top 10, Brian, and uh, get your thoughts on their season. And, uh, you know, like an attaboy. But let's let's, uh, actually start. Man, you want to talk about everybody, right? Like, in the end, like, David Kramer was 16th, but half season, but he got a win. That was cool. Doug Hamp running well towards the end of the year. Ryan Pretty, those guys. But let's uh, pick it up with Mark Powick, who, man, they're going to be a threat next year if they come out and choose to uh, do what they did this year, run the full season. Second half, they really got that car figured out. Early on, they were struggling. And uh, they ended up with a really quick and fast car, number one at Indy. Uh, ended up 12th overall, and that just goes to show you, one of the DSR cars, uh, they, they fought and clawed to a 12th. Right. No, they, they, that was a, kind of a surprising season uh, coming off of um, you know the, the success they had last year over on that DSR uh, Dodge team. And, and uh, Cowboy's getting his, his uh, seat time, and you can see 
he's got the car and uh it, like you said it just it took him a little too long to get to that point so um they're figuring out about cutting the lights and and how to cut people down on the tree it's it's becoming that kind of class now that it doesn't matter if you've got the most horsepower if you're cutting 90 lights there's going to be the guy next to you cutting 20s 11s triple o's you know that that's that's what we're seeing and and that's what makes this class so great is that um some of these drivers that might not have the horsepower that might not have the mile an hour they're going to tree you and they can still get by you or they can they can stay out in front of you in all the power you've got if if the driver doesn't do his job then um your engine builders are going to get a little mad at you because you should be out there uh able to win a race with the power that some of these guys have. 11th, Kevin Skinner, again, really quick and fast car. The Black Hammer uh, said he would put a name on the car for us early in the season. He actually did put a name on the car. Hats off to him. Qualifying near the top at the start of the season, but in the end, 11th overall. Yeah, you know, he had to, he had to miss a race in St. Louis. Um, I think that if he... If he shows up that race, I think he jumps into the top. I think he's like one point behind top ten uh, yes. finish there. So he, obviously um, he wasn't able to get a cylinder head. He needed another cylinder head to keep competing. I I think that if that car had been where it needed to be, um, if I'm sorry, if that car had been able to um, keep going rounds and, and not have the cylinder head issues, um, I think they would have been in the finals again, like they were last year um, to Liam. Uh, they've got a real, real good hot rod. Uh, again, Holbrook powered, and I know that the Skinners work their butts off on getting that car set up and, and getting down the track from A to B very, very, very well. Um, I, I, it's just I, I, I'm I'm waiting for that win. I know there's a couple drivers that the win hasn't happened for them yet, and I won't be shocked when they do finally win one. And he and Kevin Skinner's definitely one of those drivers, and with the great power and a great car and so are dot 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 right because there are several and that's what would emerged at the tail end of the season all right so here's the top 10 one point ahead of kevin in uh 10th which is why i didn't want to start with 10th right because uh you know kevin and powick and ryan pretty and all these guys you know they worked so hard uh and showed up to the overwhelming majority of the races and just coming up a little bit short i want to give some recognition but scott libisher he got the 10th spot 315 uh, points good good season that's a, a good season you know he he's one of the the drivers uh that runs both series and runs full out in all of them um so he was going to uh a few more races than the guys that just run in the nhra running over in the nmca he had a good season over there also um but uh he's one that when he finally does break through and get the win I won't be surprised that he's won one. He's got a lot of seat time, um, and and they're knocking on the door. And again, you know, another top ten season for them. So another another top ten season for them. Um, uh, you know, he's got the Ray Barton power there, and so that's uh, that's that's a real good car, great crew. Um, he's got uh, a great engine builder, somebody who's been in this class. Uh, for a very, very long time, and we're glad to have him and his family racing and over here with us. Yeah, they, they were fired up. They did real well this year, and I think they got a good shot to get a win next year. Ninth, El Bandito and Leah, 345 points. We know the year was a struggle. The parity rules, uh, we, we've documented it very well. 
a lot of rumors circulating about what Dodge is going to ask for, what they're going to get, or what kind of combination they're going to have for the 2020 season. Of course, we will all be revealed in time. But bottom line, though, she made the final round of the final race. The world knew Leah was there for the defense, and she gets into the top 10 in ninth. Yes, uh, obviously not the season that uh, anybody over on that DSR uh, El Bandito team wanted, uh, especially coming off of, you know, I, I, what did she win the last three or four races last season? Um, only made one final. Yeah. Uh, uh, only made one final. And I think actually they went more rounds in Dallas than they did all season, um, maybe with both of their cars over there. So, not the season they wanted, but they were, you know, able to take uh, take some solace in the fact that they kind of turned that corner at Indy, you know, with uh, teammate qualifying number one, and then being able to get to the finals. Um, you know, just came up against some uh, a very very powerful Ford. Yeah, simple as that. Eighth, David Barton, 372 points. Not the year he was looking for either. I had a brief conversation with him in the staging lanes. And he's great, by the way. David is a great ambassador for the sport and for the cars and very open with uh, what's going on. And he said, like, this was the year of gremlins and things biting him and, you know, the 50 cent part and and little stuff. Of course, it started off uh, very challenging at the Gator Nationals. But uh, eighth place overall, uh, 372 points. Yeah, again, it's it's not the season they wanted, but um, after the Gators, I think that if you had told David, hey, you're, you're going to be in the top 10, um, he would have been okay with that. Obviously, he's a competitor and he wants to win races and everything like that, but um, for them to have had a uh, the, the wreck that they had and to be able to get the car back together and not miss a race, that shows the dedication they have um, to this class and, and to the sport of drag racing as a whole. You know, I, I know everyone knows... Um, Ray Barton Racing Engines is, is a big provider of uh, engines across the NHRA, not just in factory stock, but obviously they're, they're known for their Hemis and uh, their stock eliminator and super stock engines. But um, they are, uh, it's like you said, you know, he, he does have the best interest of the class as a whole um, in mind, not just things that are going to help him out because obviously he has customers in this class, like I just said, with Scott Labershire is one of his, and, and Hamp, and, and Falcone, and Jesse, and, and so he's got a lot of customers in this class, and uh, he wants this thing to be around for a long time. So he does have everyone's best interest in mind, and you know it's, uh, it's great to have racers like them that will come out, and when things do go bad, they're going to keep showing up and uh, keep fighting. Number seven, Randy Taylor, a.k.a. Rampage, one of the Stanfield-powered cars, 407 points, uh, a, a much better season, uh, got down to the semifinals, uh, had some really good qualifying efforts early on in the year. I believe Atlanta was one of his standout qualifying efforts and, uh, you know, let the world know he was there, going to have the seven on the car next year. Yeah, that's it, it's pretty exciting. You know, this is, a, I'm, I'm 90% sure their first year, um, this is their first year with, with Stanfield and, and to get in with, with that, uh, group, this is kind of our first mention of Stanfield, but you, we were talking earlier about ambassadors and everything like that. You know, you've got your Bartons and your Stanfields and, and the Holbrook team. And, and then obviously Bo, I'm sorry, uh, Drew and, and everyone at the Skillman team that, um, really looks at this class as something that they want to be a part of for years to come. 
and uh, obviously with uh, the four cars that the Stanfields work on and and uh, and everything that they've got going on, same same deal with um, as as Barton. You know, they they want this class to succeed and and to be around for a long time. Um, Stanfield obviously has cars in, in every class the same way that uh, Barton does, and and this is. Um, a great racer, a great competitor. Uh, they they got the car figured out when they got over to Stanfield, and, and you can kind of see it, he's another one that uh, is knocking on the door, and, and I, I won't be shocked to see him in victory lane when it finally does happen. Right, and I don't want to say it's inevitable, but it feels inevitable because he's going rounds and is a good driver and has got good right. power and uh, can get down through there. I was thinking this might be the weekend, in fact. Uh, just didn't uh, didn't work out. Number six overall, Chris Holbrook, the man we just heard from him, finished sixth. In the point standings, uh, you know, missed a race and still sixth overall, 423 points. Strong effort. Yeah, absolutely. Great effort. Um, and, and, you know, I, I can't say enough about what he's accomplished this season, not just winning in uh, his own car, but what his customers were able to do. You know, um, he, uh, I, I believe Bill won over uh, the championship over in the NMCA side of things. Um, that's Holbrook Power and Drew winning it here. So, that's that's pretty awesome. That's a real testament to what uh, he's able to do as a Ford engine builder, and and uh, dominated both series. Really, um, it's it was a, a great year for them. Um, maybe not necessarily the way uh, on track things didn't necessarily go the way they wanted it to, but uh, they got the win in in Dallas. A good way to end the season. Um, celebrate with uh, with our champion, their customer, or one of uh, their customers. And it's uh, it was a good year. It was a good year for Holbrook Racing. Number five, Bo Butner. When you look at that, 435 points. DNQ at Gainesville uh, was in the mix uh, for a while. But towards the second half of the season, fell off a little bit. Still a top five, though. Uh, first year in here. I know, obviously, Daryl um, has been working on that car for a couple of years, so they didn't come in blind by any stretch of the imagination. And um, and Bo's a great competitor. Uh, I look forward to him being back and ready to roll next year. Um, again, I- I'll say this about every one of our top ten. I- I- when they finally do break through and get the win, uh, I won't be shocked. Uh, it's just a matter of time. Uh, Had it- a couple opportunities at the double this year. And I know that's yep. one of their goals. Yep, and and that's that's it. You know, Drew, uh, Bo, I, I'm, these Ford drivers, they're, they're too good. Uh, Bo, I, I've said this about Drew also, but uh, but he's a sportsman at heart. He just goes and plays with the pros. Um, but he he's he's one of us um, first. You know, I, I think that he he enjoys this class. At least I hope he does. Um, and uh, and again, another competitor that that uh, wouldn't be surprised if not only does he win a, a race or two here or there, but a championship uh, sooner rather than later. Absolutely, and uh, just shout out to Bo who uh, was very helpful out in in Dallas. We created a new piece for NHRA social media uh, that featured you know top end driving abilities of some of the sportsman racers, and uh, camped out on the finish line with myself and Austin Williams and you know, highlighted some of the talents down there. I know it doesn't come into play in Factory Stock Showdown as a heads-up category, but just gracious with his time. Fourth overall, Stephen Bell. Stephen, who was low ET of the meet, 786-8 out there in Dallas. 
Stephen was number two last year, falls to number four, 481 points. But they competed very well. There were just some moments where, for instance, uh, you know, he coming up short in a couple of occurrences that were, you had a very fast, very fast car, but had to close the throttle um, to save the car. Yeah, there's things just, you know, an inch outside the groove, and it was, nope, we're not going to go into the wall. And I, and I respect that decision, you know. Um, he got the win in Topeka, I believe, and against uh, his teammate, you know, there's that's a great feeling to know that, that uh, your team is going to win the final or win the uh, the event, and, and obviously not the season they wanted. I know he had a D&Q, but, but uh, I think they learned a lot. They kind of they they turned a corner after the second race, um, after everyone kind of realized how much power the Fords really had and what they were able to do uh, kind of before this parody. We, we got to where we are now. They, they turned a corner and, and spent the time uh, getting that car ready and testing and making sure that everything was the way they wanted it to be. And uh, it, it I don't know that I'd call the season disappointment. He got a win, not a championship. Um, but uh, but a good season, you know. Drop down, we'll end up dropping down a couple spots from where he was last year. Um, but this was this was an okay season. There's definitely a lot of people that would uh, give their right arm to accomplish what Stephen accomplished this year. And anybody that knows Stephen knows that he is uh, the type of person that you know disappointment isn't really in the vocabulary. He'll find something positive. Uh, a fourth place finish, a race win, competed right to the very end. Uh, had a shot to be second in the standings if he went out and won the race. So who knows? But uh, Stephen Bell will be back next year to compete for the championship. Number three, missed the final race. We heard from Drew. Was drinking wine when the championship happened. One Indy. Great. Got to double up with his kid out there in Charlotte, Bill Skillman. Um, I mean, he, he really took this class by storm this year. Uh, that the whole Skillman team did, getting his first NHRA national event win in Charlotte uh, and then winning at his home track in Indy. I think what being able to watch his son uh, win a championship, I think that this was a successful season uh, for Bill. Uh, he, he won, like I said earlier, over in the NMCA. And uh, this, this there's, I, I don't know what else to say that we haven't already said, uh, kind of all season long about that Skillman team, but uh, but Bill had a great season, and uh, I'm glad that they decided to come and run with us. Yes, and uh, it sounds like they're going to be back and going to be trouble for everybody for a long time. Number two, Archie Cohn. Archie, who stepped up, uh, was third last year, improved this year, which is that's a, a great year for Archie, but was like knocking at the door trying to get a win couple of times great job with the driving just improved his points position but didn't uh break through for a victory no he, he had uh i think it might have even been three finals in a row but definitely three finals this year um he he was really cutting people down on the tree he he knows that again how much uh those fords can can really make when they crank everything up and and uh another uh stanfield driver and uh, he, he's been practicing on the tree for sure. Uh, great lights, great reaction times. That, that really gives him an advantage, and, and you could see it. I mean, how many hole shot wins uh, until he got hole shot in the finals? 
against uh, Kramer there, but uh, but you know he's he's uh, another one of these guys that you want to be parked next to because um, you, you just like his energy at the track. You know he he's a great competitor and a, and a great guy, and uh, he actually ended up tied last year with Stephen Bell for second place after everything, and uh, the tiebreaker went to Stephen. So. Uh, he's got a two in, on his car instead of a three, and uh, there's only one place to go next year. And I, I know uh, he knows what it's going to take to get it done. And he's going to be a hard, hard out. Uh, you saw that this year. To be able to finish second in points and not win a race, that's saying something. Um, that means that he's going deep into into races, and he is a tough, tough out. Uh, that's not somebody I want to pull up next next to that's for sure absolutely and of course uh, i think some of these drivers in the top 10 going to be getting some upgrades and maybe adjusting their machines which means uh, you know maybe getting even some new machines which means there are going to be some really good quality cars that are going to be out there and available and hopefully more people come in which brings us to the champ drew skillman what more can be said about what they did uh this season dominating the year right from jump and most importantly, sticking with all the parity rules changes, they could have, uh, you know, thrown in the towel or gotten discouraged, and whatever came their way, they just fought it and they won. Uh, absolutely, um, they they kept fighting, they kept going back in, uh, getting time, testing, and everything that went into winning this season. Um, I, I know that they're they're incredibly excited. Uh, they've kind of found a new home in this class. Um, and I, I think they're going to be around for a while. And I can tell you that they are not going to be satisfied with one championship. They are going to come out and they are going to be a tough out. Also. Um, they, they are just, they are ready to race. Everything they do is, is professional. I mean, you saw Doug doll, uh, came in and, and drove for bill this past weekend and he was number one qualifier. So, you know, they, they, just because they got a championship kind of wrapped up, they, they didn't take anything easy. Just was a tough field to get in when everything didn't go your way. Uh, hooking too hard and, and then uh, pushing head gaskets out like they had. So um, thankfully they got all their wins in early and got enough points that it didn't really matter. But, um, but man, it, it's going to be an exciting class for a few years to come for sure. No doubt. No doubt. And who knows what will uh, come our way in that there will be some, you know, off-season, winter break, silly season, however you want to call it, uh, you know, news that happens. Uh, there we did see the rules and, and, you know, Drew talking about them a little bit earlier. He said that he's pretty satisfied and happy with the rules, uh, you know, still, uh, you know, longing for the O-rings in there. And I understand why. But the bottom line is that, uh, you know, changes and evolution will happen. And the NHRA rules makers and tech department, they're going to do their best to, uh, you know, stay on top of it and keep things as equal as possible so that everybody can flourish. Uh, I would love to see some more dodges out there. I would like to see, you know, Leah and, and Mark and, and even Alan Johnson do well. I would like to see Joe Welch, uh, you know, run on a more regular basis. And I think that uh, as the season develops, you know, some people realize like, oh, man, we don't have a we don't have a chance anymore. So we're going to stop going. Hopefully next year where we have the uh, great schedule of one race a month, which everybody has agreed, Brian, that I have spoken with, that the schedule is optimal, right? That you can take the time. It's not um, onerous 
to go to two races back to back or something like you can get the car, you can work on the car and get it ready and go race it. And then you got a whole month to get ready again. Uh, I think we're going to see really great things next year. And as you said, for this first couple of years, like every year is going to be the best year we've ever seen of factory stock showdown racing. Right. Everyone wants to talk about the golden era of drag racing. We're living in it. And if you don't think we are, then you're not paying attention to the same stuff that you and I are watching. Uh, We have all three manufacturers. We have tight fields. We have, I'm not even talking about uh, just our class, but man, there, there's some great, great, great racing going on. Um, Let me ask you a question. How many competitors did we have try to come and qualify for our races this season? 41. 41. Yes. 41 racers. This is a class that, you know, we, we had a 32 car field once, um, hopefully we can get that again, but we had racers come out. We had 20 show up to Dallas when the championship was locked up. So, uh, these racers are coming. They are doing everything they can. I know Randy Eakins came out. This is the first race that he didn't put that four inch pulley on and man, did he have a fast hot rod? I think he was number one qualifier, uh, uh, for a while there. And, um, and I look forward to his return to our class next year and, and kind of showing some of these guys that, hey, we're not going to mess with that four-inch fully. We don't want to deal with it. We don't want to do X, Y, and Z. Oh, it's not that hard. Now, granted, it's, it's a lot of work. You, you've still got to change some stuff. But Randy did it, and uh, he's kind of showing the, the way and, and how you can do things. But 41 racers, I, I, I want to thank every single one of you all for coming out and, and spending your time, energy, money, effort, um, bringing your families, bringing your friends to the racetrack. And, and I know that uh, things didn't always go everybody's way. At the end of the day, there's there's only one person that's truly 100% satisfied uh, with the way the season ended, and that's uh, that's Drew. But uh, there's there's definitely some people that, hey, I qualified for four races, and that's what I wanted to do. And and I'm in the mix, you know, uh, not, uh, not, not being there is uh, the worst thing that they could do. And, and, being at these races and being able to qualify and get get everything done uh, the way that they got it done uh, is is going to be fun to watch for a few years. So true, and uh, I allow me to echo the sentiment in that you know I'm looking at some names and thinking about like Bruno Massel, right? Got inserted as an alternate and made his best run of the season and the final run that he made, which uh, you know an eight zero something like they're working on their program, they're working the deal. Doug Dahl, a complimentator champ, excellent driver, like an ace, gets the opportunity to just drive one of the cars. And in speaking with him, like, well, you know, do you like it? And he's like, man, it's one of the most amazing things that I've ever done. Uh, Just really great stories coming out of the class in the category. But, you know, when uh, we spoke with Drew a little bit earlier, he says they're already ready to go testing, Brian. Like, that's the only thing is if you want to be the man, you got to beat the man. And right now the man is Drew Skillman, and that team, they don't look like they're going to slow down. So everyone else is going to have to speed up to their level. It's not going to be pro stock crazy level, but it's crazy level. And they are not going to give up this championship easy. No, they're they're not going to sit back and kick their feet up. I, I wouldn't expect it from anybody. And I know that there's already teams that are already starting – for next year, uh, NHRA did a great job, and, and everybody appreciates it, of them getting rules packages out so we know what we're doing. Now, there are a couple things that we're still waiting to hear on. You know, what, what Dodge is going to do? Are they going to make 
50 cars? Are they not going to make 50 cars? And if they don't, then we know what they're going to do. They can't do anything. Our, our class and the way that we're set up, you can't just swap blowers. You can't uh, do things like that. Now, we can change pulleys on you. We can do things like that. But um, but but we got to figure out what the Dodgers are going to do, and I think that might open up the door for uh, some more racers to come out and say, hey, you know, I, I am a Dodge guy, and these cars haven't been really this readily available for us before. So what are we going to do? Oh, I can go buy one the way that you can with the Copos and such. But um, – but we've got we've got some real good racers, real smart racers, and people that are uh, maybe taking this week off. But they're they're planning what they're going to do for next year. They're looking at that calendar. Okay, this is this is where we need to be by this point. Got to have a win here. Got to have a you know uh, finals appearance here, and maybe we can we can pull this thing off. So exactly. So Drew says he's going to be at the banquet, the NHRA Awards banquet in Hollywood, right after the Auto Club Finals. I would imagine you are going to be there too. Uh- it's going to be I fun. will be. It's, it's always a fun, fun time. It, it's great. It's uh, it's a good way. We appreciate Lucas uh, Oil letting us uh, slide our champion in there to give a give their speech and, and recognize you know all the hard work, not just of the driver, but uh, and sometimes not not the driver's hard work, but uh, the guys who got them the car to to get to that point. So, I look forward to seeing everybody out there from Skillman. Um, it's it's a well deserved championship, um, and I am I. Gators can't get here soon enough. So true, so true, except I'll take the holiday break. Thank you very much. <laughs> I will take it. I'll take the holiday break. Brian, great job all year long, Factory Stock Podcast. Uh, an idea that, you you know, you gave the green light, and uh, we have gotten together. I think this makes episode 15, I think, yeah. uh, over the course yep. of the season. We originally planned 10 or so, uh, and this time, you know, we end up with 15 because this was the right amount, right? Like we did, uh, you know, couple of preview winner and uh you know in in the holes of the season uh appreciate that i think that the feedback i have received from people within the category who felt appreciated people who work on the cars who loved keeping track of what others were saying and also the fans i know my wfo radio podcast a lot of our listeners came over and listened to this show and uh the feedback about these cars couldn't have been better. So thank you for uh, you know giving us the opportunity to get together like this. No, I I, I want to thank you also. Uh, I appreciate everything you just said. This is kind of your idea, and and we were I, I was definitely looking for a way to showcase our drivers and to get more recognition. Not that the NHRA doesn't do a great job of it, um, but that was more just for the winners. And and I I know that there are a lot of teams that are working very very hard. Um, who haven't won a race yet, who are putting in just as much effort as as a race winner. Um, you know, it was kind of the checker a record deal was really where we were getting showcased. If, if one of our cars wrecked or here's a video of the winning pass. And uh, this really gave a voice to some of those uh, – those drivers, obviously, we, we have that episode, uh, the post-race episode with the winning interview and or winner's interview. And, um, and again, I thank you. I know that it, it's tough. You're, you're doing TV and NHRA events and, and your own, uh, you know, WFO podcast. And so your ability to make the time and do the interviews and, and produce this, uh, this show, um, it, it's, there's a lot of people that, that are very thankful for you taking your time and energy and effort to put this show together uh, with everything else you're doing. So uh, it, it, I think it was a success. Season one's kind of in the books. Um, and I guess maybe we'll there, we'll talk, we'll figure out if there's a reason to do a, 
winter episode or two and uh, maybe uh, do a season preview headed into the Gators. Absolutely. And, you know, now that I know Drew Skillman listens to all the episodes from end to end, I'm like, I feel a little extra pressure because he is a champion. <laughs> but, uh, no, I totally agree. PRI coming up, there's going to be opportunity. And that's why, you know, everybody out there, first of all, remember, you can email me, joe at wforadio.com, uh, you know, in, in the weeks ahead. And uh, I will get your information to Brian. Brian had said he's got some stickers he wants to give out to some listeners. So joe at wforadio.com. And you want to subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So whenever one of those episodes does kind of pop up in the offseason or otherwise, you will not miss it. And uh, we do love reviews. That is also great as well. And for the new listeners, uh, they need to know, and, and a lot of people do this, you can like binge listen to a whole season of Factory Stock Showdown uh, on this podcast. Like what was the story and what happened and who won and then who was angry and what changed and all of that uh, in what amounts to 15 episodes. So that'll take you basically like a week of work. Uh, you're going through there on your way to and from. And next thing you know, you're caught up with an in-depth knowledge of this great new category of nhra drag racing brian great job thank you so much thank you joe have a good one thank you brian brian massengill from samtech.edu with us here on factory stock podcast brian greenlighted the concept i could tell and know and it's not a genius to to figure out that this class is going somewhere with so many people talking about uh, you know, it is the pro stock of the 1980s. It's a, an old school. It's a throwback. It's factory cars. You got Ford, you got Dodge, you got Chevy. This deserves coverage, hopefully. I know we've got a lot of fans out there, but we've got a lot of industry insiders as well that get some news and insight. Maybe not all of it, but some of it into the class on this podcast. I want to thank all you folks. Thank you for sharing it and distributing it and putting it out there so more and more people can learn about these amazing factory cars. Uh, I am thrilled by them. I think it was a great season. I think we followed the arc from the Gator Nationals till right now. We were bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. What would we see? New rules, more cubes, better superchargers. Oh, my goodness, they're too fast. These things are wicked fast. I can't believe how fast they are. You remember preseason testing. And then NHRA has to jump in and do parity rules and adjustments and how people would handle it. It is all right there in our 15 episodes uh, prior to this one. You can go back and listen to the whole season. And really follow the news stories of the entire season on Factory Stock Podcast. Now, we will be back prior to the Gator Nationals. I have a good feeling there will be an episode or two during the winter break just to kind of keep you guys connected. So subscribe on Apple Podcasts, subscribe on Spotify. We're also on SoundCloud. You can listen in many different ways and just click subscribe, write a review. And that way, when a new episode drops out of complete nowhere, you will know about it and it will come right to you in a push notification. They will let you know. It'll be like, hey, you're subscribed to this. Get this. And thank you to all the industry insiders and people that work on Teams who, first of all, were very helpful to me in uh, coming up with guest ideas, subject ideas, topical ideas. When Kevin Helms and Kyle Powick tell you, hey, man, Mike Roth, you got to get him. He's really knowledgeable. He's really cool. It will be interesting to hear him. And then, you know, call him up and say, hey, somebody's calling you and you don't know them, but listen to them and do what they say, which is me. Um, thank you for that. Thank you for that. And all the Samtech grads, Chris Vang and Travis Hilger and the guys from Stanfield and uh, just getting to know you guys has been great in that Samtech's the real deal for the next generation of engine builders and machinists. They're the real deal. The people who go tell you that. They're happy. 
They get placed in a position that, you know, they call it their life's dream. What is better than that? It was a fun season. The smack talk. Daryl Heron, Bo Butner, Drew Skillman, back and forth. It was a great battle. Hearing about that, Mark Powick and Leah coming on the show and, you know, talking about their involvement. Jesse Alexandra really shining the spotlight on the people who are involved in this class, the people who are involved who are working their tails off. They deserve spotlight. They deserve credit. And they deserve, uh, you know, we to all uh, understand where they're coming from at very least on the rules, on the race, right and wrong, etc. And that's what podcasts are for. Now, I do another podcast called WFO Radio Podcast. I imagine there are Factory Stock Podcast listeners that don't listen or don't know about that one. That's how I got started. I mean, my, my career arc it goes back to uh, sports talk radio and talk radio in general in you know late 90s Miami, Florida, where I live, southeastern Florida. And I'm a bracket racer. I raced at Moroso Motorsports Park for many years in Palm Beach, Florida, now PBIR, Miami Hollywood Speedway, uh, et cetera. South Florida guy. Love these cars, but have found the podcast um, medium uh, over the years and realized that it's perfect for this, right? Factory Stock Showdown has got its own place where fans can congregate. Remember, Email me, joe at wforadio.com, and I'll forward those emails to Brian Maskell. Like, if you want some stickers, he's ready to give you some stickers. He's going to send them out. Send me that email. Your thoughts on the season. Your thoughts on the show. I don't mind hearing what you guys have to say. I won't always agree with every single thing. I certainly can't comply with every single thing. But want to know what you think about this exercise. That is Factory Stock Podcast. And the category. I think NHRA is on to something big. I really believe, genuinely believe, that Factory Stock Showdown has all of the elements to be a very interesting uh, show. Like, I, you know, do I want to compare it to NASCAR, right? Well, it's its own thing. I think if Street Outlaws can be popular, I think this can be popular. These cars are amazing. They're much more relatable to anything. And you can go buy one. You can go buy one right now. And that's the best part of it. If you like what you see on the track, you can go buy one right now. I love the sound effects for emphasis on what I'm about to say. It's big. Thank you. It might not be as quick and it might not be as fast, but the looks are just about the same. And, you know, if you're a younger person, you want to sticker them up and do some of that craziness, (laughs) you could do it. And I don't know what happened to me. I've been referring to everybody as a younger person. i got to come up with a better way to do it. And all you listeners out there, thank you so much. It's been a great honor. It's been a lot of fun. I've had a great time doing these shows over the course of the season. And the class is so worth it. Next year, we'll be ending in Vegas. So I don't know. I think you all need to plan from now to go to the season finale in Vegas. Like I already think that that's going to be something special. Season finale in Vegas. Factory Stock Showdown. All right, everybody, that's going to do it. Thank you so much. Thanks to Brian. Thanks to Drew, the champ. Thanks to Chris Holbrook, our final race winner and engine builder for the champ. Thanks to everyone who participated over the course of the season. We really appreciate you. Remember, Joe at WFORadio.com or hit me up on the social media at WFOJoe on Twitter and Instagram. 
or the WFO Radio Facebook page or Factory Stock Showdown page. Brian will get those. Uh, if you want those stickers, if you want in on the action. And we're definitely going to do something somewhere sometime over the course of the offseason, especially when the Dodge news drops. Like, what's it going to be? What are they going to do? What do they got brewing? And I was prying around a little bit as best as I could. And I'm not saying I'm an expert in body language or facial expression language. Something's up. I don't know what it is. Maybe some of you out there know what it is. Feel free to leak it to me. I'm not a leak. We're not a breaking news, guys. We don't do that. I'm happy to accept the news as it rolls out and then report it to all of you folks and uh, you know, build the trust of the people in the biz. And then we'll talk about it when news is actually news as opposed to you know, rumor and conjecture. All right, everybody, that's going to do it. Happy Halloween. Happy Thanksgiving for you and your families. To all the racers, thank you for putting on a good show. Good luck to all those still competing for championships in the NHRA. And we'll see you next time on Factory Stock Podcast. Start your education at full speed with the School of Automotive Machinists and Technology. Accelerate your career as a high-performance engine builder with classroom instruction and practical hands-on experience in the lab, on the dyno, and at the track. In addition to the Blockhead and CNC programs, Sam now offers motorsport EFI tuning and an Associates of Applied Science degree. And Sam is a military-friendly school, approved to train veterans and other eligible persons under the GI Bill. Start your education at full speed. Go to samtech.edu today.